Welcome to episode one of Be Effective Anywhere, a podcast where we explore the concept of working wherever you are so that work fits around your chosen lifestyle rather than choosing a lifestyle to fit your work. Today we're going to talk about whether it'd be practical to use a single device for all of your professional day-to-day activities. It's become increasingly common for mobile professionals to have up to three devices, being a smartphone, a tablet and a laptop, with them whenever they travel. So today I wanted to talk about the journey I've been through to work out whether you can truly use a single device to get your job done. Now the introduction of mobile technology has resulted in many things for many people. The ability to be always connected has meant an increase in productivity, particularly for road warriors and mobile professionals. That is, those that don't have a regular office that they attend to complete their work. For me, it has meant I can increase my productive time in places that would have otherwise been an ineffective use of my time. This includes cafes, airports, trains, even the backseat of a, a taxi or an Uber. Now, Apple released the iPad in 2010, and throughout 2011 and 2012, interest in this tablet device within organisations started to take off. Interestingly, it led to what is commonly referred to today as consumerization of IT, as business cases for technology tended to be less about real business benefit and more about the individual's desire to have the latest and cool tech. What it also led to was a standard practice among many mobile professionals of carrying three devices, being a phone, tablet and laptop. Now, During this time, I was responsible for ensuring the success of an enterprise mobility program at a large corporate organisation. While attempting to increase the usage of mobile technology in the sales department, in particular the use of iPads, I was confronted with a solid refusal. Now, The basis was that the sales team weren't going to be carrying three devices, laptop, iPad and iPhone, Therefore, unless we could deliver the outcomes they needed without increasing the number of devices they carry, the program would, was not going to get the necessary support and buy-in. Now, this got me thinking, what if we could get back to a single device, not a three kilo laptop, but a couple of hundred gram device that could easily fit in your pocket? Would it be feasible? Could it be a viable option? And most importantly, would it be desirable for the, those that are carrying it and using it? Especially considering the obvious concession around screen size. These questions have been bubbling away in my mind for the best part of a decade. Initially, the hardware, software and cellular networks simply made it cumbersome and inefficient, the exact opposite of what I was looking for. However, as hardware, software and cellular networks have improved, I found myself, every couple of years or so, delving in and exploring everyone's favourite childhood question, are we there yet? Ever since the first release of the Samsung Galaxy Note, I wanted to know if I could use this device effectively as my sole daily driver. My objective was pretty straightforward. I wanted to know if I could get 80% of my work done easily with just a single device and put up with the remaining 20% being a workaround. So here's my journey so far. Round one, 2012. The Samsung Galaxy Note 1 was definitely something new. It boasted a screen that was larger than the phones in the market while still being small enough to fit in your pocket. It was aimed at the corporate user, supported mouse and keyboard input, and could be connected to an external monitor. Therefore, it made sense that it was the first device to try and test my hypothesis. To say it was a failure would be an understatement. Natively, the device didn't format office documents correctly, and the fonts were almost always incorrectly displayed. When connected to an external monitor, the apps still looked like phone apps, just on a bigger display. Now, if Evernote was all that I used, then maybe I could have got by. 
But look, rather than giving up too early, I decided to use the Citrix Receiver app to connect my company's Citrix Zen app environment to see whether that could sway my opinion. While this configuration allowed me to access the key applications I needed via Citrix Receiver, here I was with a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, my Galaxy Note and a micro USB to HDMI dongle so I could use a larger monitor when in the office or at home. However, I learned quickly that I could either use the Galaxy Note device as a computer to drive Citrix or as a phone because whenever my phone rang, my Citrix session would crash and I'd need to reconnect again. The experience was poor to say the least. And that was the end of round one of trying to prove my hypothesis. As the years progressed, technology improved and hardware vendors released devices with faster processors, more memory and better batteries. I kept a close eye on the developments from Apple in the iOS space, however found that their desire to not support mouse input to be short-sighted and therefore decided to only pursue a solution on iOS if or when Apple decided to support mouse input. Call me old-fashioned, however, my experience and work style means that I'm more productive with a mouse than I am with a pencil or other touch interface input. During my time between round one and round two of my hypothesis test, there were considerable improvements in technology that all had the potential to deliver a better outcome for my testing. The hardware had improved significantly, network carriers had released 4G, and while many believed Microsoft would never release Office for Android or iOS, they did. And I, for one, am glad Microsoft realised and recognised the importance of including these technology platforms in their development roadmap. Round 2, 2015. The Galaxy Note 4 was released the previous year, and I wanted to try again. I was optimistic as this device had a quad-core processor and 3 gigs of RAM, only slightly less than my PC at the time. Furthermore, I was going to be using a device on a 4G cellular network, and using Microsoft Office for Android, which had also just been released. Needless to say, the improvements in technology meant that I was on a device with much more grunt, a faster cellular network, and had apps that were specifically designed for my Android device. The Microsoft Office version released was very low featured and wasn't really suitable for anything but the simplest activities within Office. Multitasking made things a little bit better, but creating a PowerPoint presentation or any level of spreadsheeting while on a plane or a train was futile. In fact, forget trying to do anything that could be considered even moderately in the realm of being a power user in the Office suite. While it was a marked improvement on using the third-party Office viewing and editing apps, it still had a long way to go before it could be useful for someone who creates spreadsheets with formulas or presentations with graphics and transitions. Don't get me wrong, these could be done, just not efficiently. The form factor continued to be a challenge, as there's only so much real estate to use on a 5.7-inch screen. Now this is fine for small activities such as writing this post, but I was never going to edit a Visio diagram or review a project plan without having a much larger screen. Round 3, 2016. Definitely not Samsung's greatest year. When Samsung released the Note 7, or more accurately, when Samsung began recalling the Note 7 after it had been considered a hazmat product and was therefore prohibited from being taken on board planes, buses, I just thought I would try something different. Now, to be fair, the best thing that came with the Galaxy Note 7 was all of the memes. And if you've got some spare time and are looking for something to, to break your train of thought, definitely spend a bit of time online and have a look for them. Now, Microsoft had acquired Nokia and had released a series of phones that used the technology Microsoft name Continuum. 
It had the promise of being able to transform the phone to a desktop once connected to an external monitor and would enable you to transition from a mobile interface to a desktop interface seamlessly. Unfortunately, the development community didn't really get behind this concept. And why would they? They were already developing for two very different and very fast-moving operating systems in Android and iOS. Having to develop for a third unproven mobile platform would consume significant resources. And let's face it, Microsoft had already failed a few times at their attempts at being mobile with Windows CE, 6.1, 6.5, Windows 7 Mobile, and Windows 8. They were all flops. Needless to say, I persevered. And if it was only using the Microsoft applications, the experience was pretty good. However, as soon as I needed to use non-Microsoft applications, such as the line of business app, the experience was terrible. And thus has been the low level of success, success of the Windows Universal Windows platform. And that concluded round three of me trying to prove my hypothesis. In 2017, Samsung introduced DeX, the ability to dock your Samsung Note 8 or S8 to enable the user to connect to a larger screen, which made tasks such as spreadsheeting and creating presentations that much more practical. The idea of docking a smartphone and transforming the experience is not new. Microsoft had tried it with Continuum, Motorola even had Atrix right back in 2011. However, these were not particularly well executed and as a result, never took off in market. However, given Samsung's market share in the smartphone space, I believed it was worth investigating. Round four, 2017. When I trialed the Note 8 using DeX, I found certain Android apps weren't DeX ready. For example, I'd open my airline app and it just wouldn't render well at all. It would essentially look like a smartphone app on a desktop screen. Now as an IT professional, I persevered and I understood that technology, particularly new technology, had its foibles. But there's no way I could recommend this as a market ready solution for my clients. Furthermore, I still found mobile apps are just not suited for power use. Therefore, to use this as a daily driver, I knew I needed to access a desktop experience complete with a larger monitor and, and, and full versions of applications. My work life meant I needed the ability to use VLOOKUPs and pivot tables in Excel or create visually compelling presentations in PowerPoint. And these just weren't possible just with a standard device. So I ended up creating an AWS workspace running Windows 10 and this gave me the complete versions of the applications I desired rather than the reduced for mobile versions. In doing so, I managed to create a working environment that I enjoyed. Sure, it had its nuances, such as running a window within a window, but it worked. It was far more advanced than the Citrix experience I trialed many years earlier, and I could access my workspace anywhere, anytime from my Node 8. Additionally, I could access my corporate work environment, which was heavily locked down as many 30,000 plus employee environments are. Ironically, I had more flexibility and could achieve more through my unsanctioned shadow IT solution than I could with my fresh from the dark ages Windows SOE that I was provided. My AWS workspace environment gave me access to apps such as Visio, Project that just don't exist on mobile and the ability to perform more complicated tasks with apps that I'm familiar. Unlike my much earlier experience, I could interact with my device as a phone to make and receive calls while remaining connected to Samsung DeX and my AWS workspace. I did, however, start finding myself preferring my MacBook Pro for desktop tasks, even at times where working with a full-size laptop was cumbersome, such as on a plane. All in all, I deemed round four to be a moderate success and could picture use cases 
where this could be of benefit. Throughout 2018 and 2019, there have been a few notable improvements in technology. Firstly, 5G has been released, further reducing latency, which has long been the killer of virtual desktop-style experiences. Secondly, Microsoft has recently made Windows Virtual Desktop available to the public, and with Microsoft's acquisition and integration of FS Logics into their Windows Virtual Desktop solution, you can now isolate the application, user profile, and operating system, resulting in a much improved performance and the ability to run full versions of Office and other applications like Photoshop from your mobile device. Thirdly, Samsung have done away with the hockey puck deck station that was necessary when it was first released. And you can now use your smartphone as a trackpad when using decks to further reduce the number of accessories needed. I personally still prefer a mouse, but it's a useful development if you're looking to reduce the accessories you carry. Finally, with in-flight Wi-Fi now readily available on most domestic and short-haul international flights, it means that you can remain productive while in the air. Round 5, 2019. I've been fortunate enough to have been working closely with the Telstra team in their 5G lab, and I've seen firsthand the speed, latency and jitter improvements that come with 5G. And given the impact network performance can have on the overall success of a virtual desktop solution, the introduction of 5G meant I was enthusiastic about testing my hypothesis once again. Therefore, once I got my hands on a Galaxy Note 10 5G, I started investigating what I would incorporate in round five of my testing. Now, this device has some serious grunt with an octa-core processor and 12 gigs of RAM. Now that's more than enough to handle the compute tasks I intend to put it through. And given that most of the success I've had to date has been working through this hypothesis has also included the use of a Windows 10 virtual workspace, I wanted to ensure that that was part of my evaluation as well. I decided to briefly evaluate Windows Virtual Desktop given Microsoft had just launched it. My goal was to use Windows Virtual Desktop integrated to my Azure Active Directory environment and connect to a virtual workspace from my Note 10 when I wanted to have the full desktop experience. However, I quickly learned that running a proof of concept using Windows Virtual Desktop is not as quick and seamless as it could be when you have a very simple implementation of Azure Active Directory. Firstly, there, there are a number of prerequisites that you need to meet. Most notably, you need to have an Azure Active Directory domain services or an Active Directory environment that you can connect your virtual machine to. Now, my environment had neither, and I didn't want to invest the time in configuring directory services or a domain controller, as I'll save that activity for when I choose to evaluate Windows Virtual Desktop properly. Therefore, I decided to use AWS Workspaces again, as I could deploy a Windows 10 desktop environment quite quickly and could get to the core of what I wanted to test. Once I had the Windows desktop deployed, I went ahead and configured the apps I use on a daily basis so that I could really put it through its paces. Now, the apps that I included in this proof of concept were Office 365, Teams, Visio, Microsoft Project, Slack, an open VPN client that I used to securely connect to client environments, WhatsApp, Zoom, TeamViewer, Photoshop, Pocket, LastPass, Shift, Dropbox, Google Drive, Google Apps, and HubSpot. Now, most of these I use on my mobile device, but I also use them when I'm connected to my Windows 10 workspace. I should also mention that I use cloud storage for everything. This enables my data to seamlessly synchronize between my Galaxy Note 10 and my Windows 10 workspace. OneDrive happens to be the primary document store that I use. However, I also use Google Drive and Dropbox as I have clients that use these products. To date, 
I've used my Samsung Galaxy Note 10 in a cafe, at the beach, on a boat, at the airport, on a plane, at home, at a client site, also went interstate and overseas. And from each of these locations, I've been able to work both locally on the device and also connecting to my Windows 10 workspace. And to my delight, it just works. While in terms of productivity, nothing beats being able to connect to a large monitor, being selective about what work I'm conducting when I'm away from the office has meant that I can use my time wisely and get away with only carrying a sub 200 gram device in my pocket when I travel. Not to mention the benefit of being not having to remove a laptop from carry-on luggage when I'm going through airport security. Now my initial hypothesis was to test whether I could achieve 80% of my work with a single device and make compromises to achieve the remaining 20%. So has the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 been successful as my single device in my work as a mobile professional? In a word, yes. Sure, I needed to complement the device's capability and limitations with what I needed to get my work done. However, I'm now able to carry a single device with me and be effective anywhere. If you want a single device that fits in your pocket and you're willing to make concessions, such as running a virtual desktop to get access to full apps, this could work for you. Bearing in mind that you're compromising the screen size whilst out of the office. Another important thing to note is that you'll be using considerably more battery on your device when you're using it as a primary compute device, so it's important to be prepared and ensure that you've got access to battery backup. A few takeaways. Firstly, there's a company in the UK called Losing the Wires that sells a device called a Smart Dock 15 Touch. It weighs 900 grams, has a 15 inch capacitive touch screen with its own battery that lasts up to seven hours. Now, it wasn't evaluated as part of my review. However, it may be a plausible option for those wanting a little more screen real estate while on the road. And secondly, for anyone wanting to explore this as a proof of concept in a corporate environment, I recommend exploring Windows Virtual Desktop or AWS Workspaces further to integrate the Windows 10 workspace into your corporate environment. This will ease the provisioning of applications, policies and profiles and save you a lot of time in manually configuring everything to ensure it works for you. Now I hope you found this helpful and as always I welcome your comments and feedback.